Well, let's talk about the journey ahead. I, I like this picture. This picture kind of describes where we're at um, at the moment. Um, you know, we're kind of on a mountaintop, and, and we're looking ahead, but uh, we're not sure exactly what the path is that we need to take to our next destination. Um, but I believe God has us at a point where he wants us to be dependent and trusting him and to know that uh, this journey that we're going to take is a journey that uh, that we need to be unified in, that we need to go on uh, together, that we need to be uh, together in. And as I talk about these things this morning, I want to preface it and say, you know, that um, what I'm talking about is that we are here, church, to glorify God, to live our lives in such a way that will it will be glorifying to Him, that people might see our lives and glorify Him in return. We are God's ambassadors. We represent the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus has done some amazing things in our life. And God has placed us here in the community of Ridgecrest to be his witnesses to others. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Why? Because God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might be the righteousness, become the righteousness of God. God has not called us, church, to a social club. The church isn't about us. And it's really easy to um, default to that mindset. No, God has placed us here to glorify him and to reach others for Christ. That's what this shirt is all about. We are here to know him and to glorify him and to make him known to others. And that's what Harvest Festival is about tomorrow night. We are doing Harvest Festival that Christ might be glorified. And as people come on this campus and uh, as they walk past the greeters or go to the food booths or are watching what's taking place on stage or are playing the games or are uh, at the I Spy booth reading a passage of scripture uh, so that they might receive a candy bar having observed, having spied the pastor in the parking lot or the, the gospel bead bracelet ministry. We are doing all these things to be his ambassadors, to let them know that Jesus loves them and that Jesus died in their place and Jesus took our sin upon himself and gave us in return his righteousness. And if we just simply, by faith, call upon his name and surrender our lives to him, confess our sin, that same miracle that happened in your life and in my life, 
can happen in their life. That's why we exist. And that's why we do Harvest Festival. I'm going to be sharing some things this morning. And and all these things that I share is because God wants us to reach others. It's not about us. It's about those who are here and who are coming behind us. And so what's happening first? What's been going on? Here are the Harvest Festival pictures. I meant to race through those, but uh, we are going to have a ton of people on our campus tomorrow night. And we are going to be here to lift up the name of Jesus. Let's talk about this facility for a second. You know, this this facility, the Emanuel Ministry Center, was a gift come from God that came from heaven to us. I mean, and God is doing some amazing things in this facility. Uh, he has given us this facility to bless our community. And one of the ways we bless our community and provide for the needs of the community is our child development center. I think I've shared this before, but you need to know that uh, we have been told that the Child Development Center is the finest daycare facility in Kern County. Rodna does a wonderful job in leading uh, this ministry, and we have lots and lots of children that uh, come through this uh, ministry. In just a few weeks, we're going to be uh, doing the, the Thanksgiving program, the lunch for uh, families and the children, and these are some of the picks from last year. Uh, these are our graduates uh, from last year. I think they had 34 graduates that were going to be moving on to uh, to kindergarten. This building houses Habitat for Humanity. And uh, Habitat for Humanity does some wonderful uh, things in our community for families with low income. Our facility has uh, uh, Genesis Counseling. And uh, my wife is a, a counselor with Genesis Counseling. And she sees many people outside of our church in, in our community. And uh, has provides a, a wonderful blessing uh, in our in our community. One of the things that uh, we're very proud of that we started, uh, I think it's been almost two years ago now. Karen, are you here? Are we coming up on our two-year anniversary? And that is um, the Neighborhood Meal Ministry. And uh, what a blessing it has for our life groups to rotate through uh, the Monday night kitchen and serving uh, the people of our community. And uh, we serve between 50 and 100 people on Monday night. And we can do that because of your faithfulness to uh, to the budget and to the ministry of this church. But one of the things that we also provide in this church, and I thought I brought the, the note and I didn't, um, not only do we do the meal ministry, but we have a clothing closet as well. And uh, the clothing ministry, closet ministry, has served over 900 people in the last uh, year and a half and has has uh, has um, provided 2500 different articles of clothing 
And, uh, and so this is a, a huge blessing in our community. And the ladies in the clothing closet get to, 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 to meet these people and visit and they share their, their concerns and, and what's happening. And I had more details about that, but uh, I left the sheet in my office, so I apologize. But this, this is really, really important. Another thing that you don't see that though you hear about often is, um, our mops ministry and and this last year or the last eighteen months we have had a uh, a plethora that's not plethora yes of babies in our church um, but uh, we have a mops ministry that meets every other Thursday in in our facility here and many of the moms are from uh, other parts of our community this was from last year. It's even bigger this year. I didn't get a picture of this year's moms. But uh, this is an important tool that we provide in our community. And then we also offer our space to uh, many other nonprofits that fit our values uh, in, our, in our church that we allow them to meet uh, free of charge in our, in our facility. So those are some of the things that are, are going on that, that we need to pause and we need to celebrate because oftentimes we don't see these things. But there's some other things that uh, I believe God would have us to do. And you heard about one of these uh, as we went through the uh, Blue Zone uh, sermon series. Um, we've been in conversation with the hospital and, and Bella, Sarah, and uh, we're going to provide a, um, a little park area between us and the convalescent home. Uh, also, it's going to be um, um, handicap accessible so that wheelchairs don't have to go out the parking lot of uh, Drummond Medical uh, to China Lake Boulevard and then come down and come into our facility. Uh, there's going to be a, a, a path between us and Bellisera. But in that path or in that uh, shaded area over there, uh, children from the Child Development Center are going to interact with senior adults who are able to come into that shaded area with, with family members and um, hear the children sing something to, to the senior adults and uh, be able to sit at a, at a, a table and color with senior adults. Uh, this will be great for the preschoolers and it will be a blessing to the senior adults who don't have a whole lot of interaction there in Bellisera. And so that is a, what I call a blue zone initiative, um, that we want to be doing. But I want, I want this piece of property to be considered a blue zone destination. And, and we looked at those topics during blue zone, but, uh, you know, people who live longer, live healthier lives, uh, not only focus on their spiritual health and have the right kind of faith, but they focus on a healthy lifestyle as well. That was one of the things that has been a blessing to Susan and I over this last year as we sweated for the wedding, sweating for the weddings. Well, we want to continue that, and, and we want to encourage the church to do that. And so one of the things that we will uh, be providing for the community 
and members of our church are healthy cooking classes. We have some uh, people who want to volunteer to uh, have healthy cooking classes on on uh, Saturdays uh, for the community. We have senior adults that meet three days a week. But I don't think they get a whole lot of uh, advertisement ink in what they do. But I think that this is an important ministry, not just for those in our church, but those in our community. And so we want to highlight this and we want to encourage uh, others to uh, participate in uh, this exercise program. I, I would love to have a track around the perimeter of our property. Our, we have seven acres right here. If you walk around the perimeter of our property, it is 0.52 miles. You know, I would love to see our community walking around the perimeter of our property. And maybe there would be some things along the way that would just remind them of the calories that they're burning and how far that they've walked and things of this nature. But uh, we can do that. I've told the elders and I've told our staff, you know, we need to do things um, for our community um, more than just Harvest Festival. And uh, something that we introduced uh, late this summer was uh, uh, a movie night in the parking lot. And uh, our first movie night was a big success. It was a lot of fun. And then we took that idea to uh, Bishop and, and blessed uh, First Baptist Church of, of Bishop on a Sunday night, but it turned out to be the wrong night because schools were out here in Ridgecrest, but they weren't out in Bishop the next day. And uh, so it was difficult. But uh, we want to do not only movie nights here in the parking lot for our church and community, but also take uh, movies to the park and uh, have a uh, evangelistic uh, uh, movies that we could share with with the community. And so uh, that's something that we are going to begin. So a bigger presence in our community. Uh, this last year, we, um, we adopted two schools, um, Pierce Elementary and Inu Kern Elementary. Um, Kay Lloyd has been our ambassador to uh, these two two schools for us as a church. She also is with uh, uh, the Rotary Club. But uh, we have uh, done some really uh, significant ministry with these two schools that have need. But something we are going to um, add this year uh, to, for our church is a good news club. Uh, at Pierce Elementary, there's going to be a good news club one day after school uh, each week. We're going to get that started the first week in December. And we're looking for additional volunteers. Right now we have uh, Barbara Lambert and, and Ron Merritt who, who want to help with this ministry. But we need others who can provide a, an evangelistic program for the ch- public school children after school for one hour, one day a week. And so if that would be something that you would be interested in, let us know uh, from from the connection card. But uh, these were some of the, the um, s- school backpacks that we uh, donated uh, over the Thanksgiving holidays this uh, last year. Another thing that uh, we are are doing is we've started a children's choir again. It's been it's been a few years since we've had a, a children's choir. 
and you probably haven't known this because you haven't seen them on Sunday morning, but they are rehearsing right now on Sunday uh, evenings, and uh, they're going to be doing a concert on December the 9th, along with Emmanuel Christian School. Uh, when Jim Ricks was here as the worship pastor, uh, he also um, provided a children's choir um, at the school, and so we are going to be combining both uh, both groups for a Christmas musical come December 9th. I have aspirations of our children's choir leading us in worship occasionally on Sunday morning. We were at um, High Desert Baptist Association a few weeks ago on a Saturday, and there was this um, children's choir from... Uh, uh, Apple Valley, who uh, led the, the worship time, and they did uh, a wonderful job. And I think that this would be, our kids would be a real blessing to our worship service. And uh, But uh, mark that down. This is uh, uh, Allison leading the, the children at uh, Emmanuel Christian School. And she sees uh, just about a 100 kids uh, each week between po- both programs, uh, getting them ready for um, the Christmas musical. Another thing that uh, we are doing is uh, we are having a greater relationship with Emmanuel Christian School. Uh, we give scholarships out of our budget to those who are members of our church who send their children to Emmanuel Christian School. But over the last many years, we've been helping pay uh, for some of the, the bills um, at ICS at the conclusion of the year. But we changed that this this budget year. Instead of paying some of the bills of the school, we want to take those funds and we want to help the school fill seats uh, at ICS. And so uh, a portion of our budget is going to help underprivileged kids, low-income families who, um, who would thrive at Emanuel Christian School. Uh, providing them uh, significant scholarships so that they can go to uh, ICS, and uh, and and ICS is a very important ministry of our church. This is the kindergarten class, uh, I think, three years ago. Um, so those are some of the things that uh, we're doing as we journey ahead, and. There are far more that uh, I really don't have time to go into, but uh, you need to know that we do an incredible vacation Bible school. And this is what our this room looks like uh, on parent night at VBS. It's packed. The children are sitting on the floor, and the, the parents are sitting in chairs. Um, this is uh, their rally time during during the week. Uh, this is uh, them learning in one of the Bible Bible rotations, um, and then this is crafts. But uh, Vacation Bible School is a, a, a significant and important ministry to our community. Thanksgiving food baskets are coming up uh, the end of uh, middle of uh, November, where we're going to collect probably about forty five hundred pounds of food on one Saturday that will help uh, the Salvation Army fill their, um, their, their food closet there as uh, they have already 
uh, gotten stuff ready for Thanksgiving, but are looking to uh, the Christmas season. And these are some of our volunteers for the Thanksgiving food drive and uh, the turkeys that we collect. And then, speaking of turkey, uh, <laughs> we had a men's men's retreat this uh, last November in Ventura. It was a great time, and this is uh, Fred Henderson showing off his big catch on one of the uh, part of the free time that, that Saturday afternoon. But uh, doing more with our men's ministry, we've signed up for a simulcast uh, the first weekend in February with uh, Johnny Hunt. Uh, Lifeway has, is uh, doing this nationally. Johnny Hunt has done this for years, and uh, I think this is going to be a great opportunity for us to encourage uh, our men. But uh, getting involved in uh, community uh, community opportunities, uh, the parade of a thousand flags, being the conscious conscience of our community, you know. Uh, saying no to the casino, even though it's coming, uh, that's been difficult, but, uh, we need to stand for, for, for what is right. Um, but, uh, there's one more thing that, uh, we need to do, uh, as a church. And that we need to continue to be and more a church of life groups. You heard this two weeks ago in our Blue Zones series. We need to be connected to others. And we can't just be a church with life groups. We need to be a church of life groups. And that means that all of us need to be in a small group. We need to be a living, breathing community. And we can't be a living, breathing community community if we are just connected corporately. Life happens in smaller groups. And one of the best decisions that we made this last year was to be a sermon, uh, our, our life groups to be sermon-based driven. And so what you discuss in your life group is is a continuation of what I've shared or somebody else has shared on Sunday morning. And it's, it's an opportunity for you to give further study and discuss what the, what the passage says. It's not a time to critique the message. No, it's a, a, an opportunity for you to, to learn, to discover what says the Lord and how does it apply to you. And so if you're not part of a life group, I I want to encourage you to get involved because I want 100% of us to be involved in a small group. One of the examples, an example of what we're going to be talking about this week, um, based on this message this morning or this uh, vision cast, is you're going to be looking at Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah was burdened about the city of Jerusalem. The walls had been destroyed and the people were living in the midst of of rubble. And Nehemiah, whom God felt was uh, leading leading him to cast a vision to the people of Israel, uh, in chapter 2 we learn how Nehemiah prayed about uh, what he was going to do to 
encourage and challenge the people. Nehemiah was was talking to people. And uh, Nehemiah did some personal investigating first before he got before the, te- the people and challenged them to work to- together to solve a serious problem. Those are the things that uh, you learn and discover in a life group. And it, it is... It, Sermon Base has been a huge blessing because it's kept our church on the same page for the most part and moving forward together. And we need that. We need to continue to be together. And in talking about Nehemiah, that leads us, that leads me to uh, the last thing that I want to share um, as I stand before you as one of your elders. As elders, we are convinced of two things. The first is that we need to expand our worship space. Yeah, this morning we're all together. You know, we have people in the dining hall, uh, watching our service right now. Uh, we've been in this facility for, um, since 2000. <clears throat> well, we moved our, our church service over here, I think in 2008. I, don't hold me to that. But, um, but uh, you know, God has done some amazing things on this campus. Again, I said, this is a, this is a gift from God um, that churches don't typically receive. You weren't here when we received this gift. Uh, this building... This building is 60,000 square feet. It costs the church $600,000. That's $10 a square foot. That's not even counting the parking around us, seven acres. I mean, this is an amazing tool. And then I think of the senior adults who helped retrofit uh, much of this building, saving this church I'm sure well over a million dollars to make it what it is today. It's unbelievable. But there is more to do. Two summers ago, we were meeting in the dining hall. When we moved to the dining hall, we had, we had dreams, we had aspirations that we were going to take the summer and we were going to knock out this wall and expand our space. You know, we, we weren't going to do everything. We didn't have a whole lot of dollars, but we can move, we can take out this wall and the chapel rooms and make this a larger room where we could all be together. Well, in learning about that, we were told that, uh, uh, the city, the county was going to cause us to do far more than just what we would want to do. You know, we put those walls in. You would think we could take those walls out. But to take those walls out, uh, we were being told that this room had to become a room within a room. And so the walls had to go all the way to the roof. And uh, that was something that we wanted to do, but that was going to cost a lot more money and more time. And we didn't have the summer to do that. And so what we did instead is we went back to two services and we created the traditions venue 
and the contemporary venue doing it simultaneously. And that's worked uh, for the most part. But we need to do more. You know, and we were looking at, um, well, what are we going to do? And as elders, we're not very creative. And we were just kind of treading water. And what, what, where do we go next? And so it was suggested that I approach Mark Robertson at Cal Baptist University. Mark is the uh, architect of the, um, the, uh, he's the head of the architect department at Cal Baptist University. And we invited him to, to, uh, uh, our church as, as fresh eyes to help us to see, uh, maybe what we weren't, uh, seeing because we had, uh, grown very accustomed to this place. And when he came, we were just thinking of the interior. You know, we weren't thinking of the the outside and the message that we were uh, making to the community. And do you know that buildings communicate? Buildings make a statement. You know, I've been intrigued with one church in town. It's on the corner of Norma and Ridgecrest Boulevard. It's across from uh, the 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 dairy, the drive-through dairy, and it's all wood, all wood. I, I you can't see. I'm not sure there's windows. If there's windows, there's probably cardboard uh, on the inside. What's that? Little wo- little wooden holes to perceive in. But I look at that building, and you know, I thought it was a museum. You know, I I didn't think anybody was meeting there. Then I was told, no, there's a church that still meets there. And then I began to wonder, well, what kind of people meet in that building? Because buildings communicate. And Mark came to Ridgecrest. He came to on to China Lake. He looked at our building, and uh, he was seeing things that we didn't see. I mean, this was a gift. And man, we, we came into this place and we started rearranging things and, and providing ministry. And I don't think we really considered the outside. But I want to ask you a question this morning. When, when you look at the outside of our building, what do you think the outside of our building says to the community? Sterile. Now, listen, I, I, what's that? Institution, yeah. Now, I don't want to rag on this. You know what? This building wasn't built to be a church. It, it's an engineering building. And believe me, I mean, it was fun trying to walk through this building with all these mazes that uh, we we tore out to make larger rooms. But it was an engineering building. And so we've taken a church and tried to make the this engineering building a church, but we haven't really considered the outside. And so <clears throat> what do you, you know, so our building communicates to our community that we're trying to reach. And 
Mark saw that. He thought it was very peculiar that our entrance was at the south end of the building. You know, the worship service, which is the front door of your church, is on the side. To an outsider, that kind of looks suspicious. Now, it would be really suspicious if our front door was in the alley, okay? We certainly don't want that. But I don't think anybody, any of us, especially elders, were thinking that that was an inappropriate location. And Mark says, no, your building needs to be out front that is inviting, that is warm. And uh, so he was encouraging us to communicate that message to the community. And so the elders have bought into that. But that's one of a couple of options. And, and we've been, we've been given a concept. Um, but as elders, we're not all of one mind yet. And so we're still waiting on the Lord. You know, uh, when we make decisions as elders, we need to be unified in those decisions. And so what I want to share with you this morning is is an option. But we don't know if this is the option. You know, we haven't had that aha moment saying, yes, this is the direction that we need to go. But uh, so we're kind of on the mountaintop saying, God, where do you want us to go? What? What do we need to do? And so this is what Mark presented to us. This is uh, this is the southeast section where we're we're at right now. That uh, he has um, he has changed for us. He he caused us to think outside the box. We weren't thinking in these terms. Uh, Steve, can you turn down that air a little bit? I'm getting a little warm here. And I don't know if it's because of the subject matter. I don't know. <laughs> Up there at top, there's a, there's an arrow. Go down. Okay. So this is 7,500 square feet that uh, we're uh, we're thinking of rearranging. And see, and so you see this um, this box up here. This is the stage. This is the lobby down here, and this is the worship space. The worship space seats about. Uh, 375 to 400 people. Right now we seat 240 in this room. But this is what the, the corner of our building would look like, um, to, to China Lake. Something that, uh, I've, I've asked Peter Brown to, uh, kind of give us a, 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 an idea of, oh, that's not it. Okay. And I'll show you that in a minute. But, um, <clears throat> I have a fly-through. Mark put together a fly-through for us that uh, I've shown to very few people. But I want to share it with you this morning. And um, <clears throat> some people aren't here in our service this morning or missing this service. Or if, if this is something that you want to uh, tell others to go and, and look at, 
It's on our website right now. You can go to our website and you can uh, watch the fly through. And so that that's the building. And then I had Peter Brown kind of put together a, a scheme for a courtyard. You know, we need to have have a courtyard out front where, um, again, I call it a third space where people can come together to socialize. There's not a playground in this, but there needs to be a playground where mothers can bring their little ones and they can play while mothers visit. But uh, there's tables where life groups can get together and uh, and meet outside uh, during the week. Obviously not in the middle of summer, but uh, in other parts of the, the year where it's uh, a little bit uh, easier. But uh, this is something that we need to provide uh, out front. Now, so that's the first thing. You know, the elders are unified in the fact that we need to do something. The second thing that we bring before you this morning, and we're not vote- voting on the the retrofit, okay? We're just giving you an idea of what our future might look like. But we do, on this next subject, we're requesting permission from the church to be able to sell the 20 acres when it's most advantageous for us as a church. If you don't know it, our church owns 20 acres south of town on College Heights Boulevard. It's at the corner of College Heights and Dolphin Street. And uh, and this is, uh, if you turn left on College Heights, if you go back past that first neighborhood on the right, uh, the next street is Dolphin, and we're, our property is at the corner of a Dolphin and College Heights. This is a Google Earth, and you will see our 20 acres right here. This is where the new Walmart is going. That's the old Walmart. Um, we've been told that, uh, you know, that, that property is increasing in value. And, uh, they, people have told us to hold on to it until after the opening of a Walmart and that it's only going to increase more. And so we believe as elders that, uh, if this is God's will, that, uh, we sell this 20 acres and take those funds and invest them or put them in a trust that will be used for the enhancement and expansion of future worship space. And so that's what you are going to be voting on this morning is giving the elders permission to put it on the market. Okay. Now, when it goes to sell, we're going to have to come back to you and let you know the price and giving us permission to sell the property at that point. But this is the opportunity, but we can, you're giving us the opportunity to put it on the market. Um, Now, in saying that, we don't want to leave any stone unturned. Before we sell the 20 acres, we want to know that there isn't an option for us to build on the 20 acres. But we are pursuing a conversation right now with the hospital. The hospital might be interested in purchasing 
this facility. Right now, we are just putting the details together of what it would cost to replace out there what we have right now. In church, it would take a boatload of money. It would be a modern-day miracle. But if there is anybody in town who could buy this facility for what it costs to replace this facility, it would be the hospital. And this piece of property would be very valuable to them. But the question is, how valuable? And again, we're not going to shortchange the church, and we don't have to move. Again, we can do everything we want to on this piece of property. And so we are in the driver's seats regarding this conversation. And again, we can't do anything without your permission. And I don't know where that conversation is going to go. But again, we have options. And we just want to know, God, what would you have us to do? And so this is where we are right now. And again, it's all because we want to reach people for Jesus Christ. It's about the next generation. It's not about my preference. You know, it's not about my desires. I'm not going to be around here forever. But what are we going to pass off to these guys that they in turn can continue to reach people for Jesus in Ridgecrest and glorify God? That's why we do what we're doing. And so is the journey ahead clear? (laughs) No, we're still on the mountaintop. And we know we're going to have to go into a valley. And there will be adjustments. But you know what? God is faithful in the valley. That's where the fruit is grown. And he's going to show us our destination. So you pray. You pray that we would be as one mind as elders as we do come back before you to say, this is what God would have us do. And with that, I want us to pray and prepare for our offering. And uh, since Dwayne is rotating off as an elder, I'm going to ask Dwayne to come up here. And Dwayne, I want you to pray um, for us and the church that we would want to do his will. It should be on. Am I? There we go. Yes. And you can pray for the offering too. Okay, pray for the offering as well. Lord, we come before you with a lot of uh, decisions and questions. 
First, I ask that you would be with uh, us as we make our decision on the elder and the deacon, that you would give us your wisdom and that we would vote according to your will. And Lord, for the other things that are going on, we need your your leading. As said, we as uh, elders are not united in our best path yet. ask that you would uh, give the elders wisdom Give us the ability to get our desires and our wishes out of the way so that we can listen to your spirit to know where you would have us go. And Lord, we especially know that we can't do any of this without your working in it, without your increasing the spiritual body, the spiritual house, bringing more people in who want to serve you so that we can... uh, do the things that you're leading us to do in all these ministries. It takes a lot of people to do those ministries. We thank you that you are using the facility we have now, and we ask for your guidance in the future. Uh, Lord, be with us as we do this vote. And Lord, as we take the offering, we ask that you would uh, take this money which we are giving, that you would multiply it, that you would use it for your kingdom, both here and in abroad as the money goes to the cooperative program, that you would uh, multiply that, that we might reach only not only Ridgecrest, the state of California, but the whole world with the message of the gospel. Amen. We ask these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.